2: You know the same thing with George Floyd, but I think with George Floyd, uh, it was the video on top of social media.
0: So it, <laughs> it was it was the death of of, of Floyd, uh, and and Rodney King survived his beating. Oh yes, that's true. Um, but I, not to meant you know to minimize any of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because both of them were tragic. You know, all of these situations were tragic.
2: Yeah,
0: and it just um, uh, really, really, really was a dark. Uh, it's a dark story to tell, and yeah. and the thing that's gnawing at many of us is the accountability piece. Right. You know, because yes. Carol yes. Carol Bryan is still alive, and nothing's happened to her at all.
2: Who is that?
0: Emmett Till's. Um, no,
2: she story died.
0: Did oh, she? no, didn't
2: she die, the woman whose hand? No, didn't she die a couple of years ago? And they said what? that she, on her deathbed, she said that she lied about well, him touching
0: her? Well, what it, What happened was somebody interviewed her and put it in a book.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And, and and then the press started uh, questioning, is this story true about Carol Bryant? Because uh, mm. she was still living and in, in her 80s. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she acknowledged that the story was misrepresented. And, yeah. yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, and I, don't, I believe she she still I don't, she's still alive. She's still alive?
2: Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm renaming, re-naming you, uh, Claudia. Because oh. we want you to get all your
1: accolades. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as as we start on time, it is 6.02. Thank you, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. We start You Be the Judge. Um, as our partner... Marilyn Pierre is getting us all straight with our names and things like that. And she keeps us on track, which I love, because I'll go off the rails quick. And then we have the the judge... Claudia or Barbara, we are just a spectacular team. I love it. I'm so glad that we partnered up to do "You Be the Judge." It's about information, understanding, and hopefully you get an understanding to put yourself into an action. Because I kind of wrote today, I was writing these articles. I really people think people get bamboozled because they're so emotionally attached or detached, but they don't have the information. And if they have the information, they completely don't understand it. And then we're talking about legal issues. We're talking about stuff like, why didn't you do this? Why couldn't you do this? That we just don't know, and I'm glad to have two esteemed attorneys on here to say, and, and to pick through those weeds for you so you can say, well, if you, did you do this? How about this? What's your next step? So thank you, my partners, Marilyn.
2: And you have more than two lawyers on here. And we're That's so true. glad about that. So, and a judge.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the, 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 I'm glad that Dr. Dyer uh, uh, explained in, in really relevant terms uh, the fact that some issues and cases are complicated. Mm-hmm. And when we bring up the, the notion of, of understanding the judicial system, how it works uh, that's important that's an important chunk right there. Now both Marilyn Pierre and I came together because we both ran in contested judicial elections and many of the voters are not familiar with how the contested judicial election system works. They're not they don't understand it when they get their ballots not everybody but but some people don't understand why is it that certain judges on the appellate level were, were votes of yes and no, and then at the trial court level, it was pick one or two or three or four of the five or something mm-hmm. to that degree, and the, it takes a it takes uh, a piece of um, uh, uh, a, a long uh, a long detailed explanation to go through every phase of how that came to be, and and why uh, voting for trial court judges is so 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 important.
2: And why it is that when people try to amend the, con- the Maryland constitution to keep people from voting for trial court judges, why we need to fight right we them. need to go
0: back to the legislature and allow our voices to be heard and don't be afraid to testify before the the Senate Judicial Proceedings Committee or the House Judiciary Committee committee you let them know that you care and you want to decide who the trial court judges are and not uh some unelected judicial nominating commission that have already shown who they are they practice exclusion they practice exclusion not just of Hispanics of uh but uh uh, in various counties, it, it, you know, it's it's all about you know who you know, etc.
1: You but, mean um, you mean they're not taking the new um, equality training and diversity that's going around? They won't take those classes.
0: <laughs> very interesting. I have not seen that. That is the case. No, uh, these people are handpicked, and uh, uh, many of them are handpicked by the governor, uh, and some are are handpicked by bar associations. <laughs> but the but the danger in that is mm. that there's no accountability there's no audit of what they do. you know if they have people on 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 the commission that uh are ideologues, you know there's nothing to root that out uh there's nothing to root out white nationalists there's nothing to root out um you know their picks of uh uh people uh based on uh who they know. Uh, Versus the qualifications of the candidate that, you know, they don't use rubrics uh, necessarily on a scale of one to 10 and then rank rank the applicants. You know, it's it's all oftentimes it's all about who they know and who looks like them.
1: What's scary is going to be favorable. But what's scary is if if they if it's not so much who looks like them, but what who what policies they believe in also. Right. Because not everyone that looks like you is for you. Exactly. And, exactly and and Glad we you said that yeah oh man we got to say that so, mm-hmm. but so let's look at some of the numbers small numbers 22 million people associate themselves with nazism mm. right 22 million in the united states not around the world 22 70 million people voted for the other guy right out of that other guy one out of 10 people who don't consider themselves neo-Nazis, one out of ten believe in neo-Nazis' views. That's roughly another 42 million people. Mm. That's Mm. a lot of people in places that you don't see, that you don't talk to, but they are moving this wheel of injustices against certain types of people. You know what I mean? They don't have to be out there protesting, they don't have to be out there doing anything else. As long as they put the right people in the right places and the and the few of us who don't vote, we are then concerned how did this happen? Well, let me t- you just explain how it happened. You're not you're not understanding. You don't have enough information and you're definitely not voting. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I, and
2: I think, you know, I wouldn't be so upset about what they're doing in terms of putting whoever they want in there if the people were doing a good job. I mean, they're in there and they're doing a miserable job and we are the ones who are suffering because of that. You know? And that's why when people hear that Maryland incarcerates a higher percentage of its young black males than any other state, people, I mean, they're shocked by that. No matter how many times I say, people are like, "Oh my God, I can't believe that! How did that happen?" Well, that happens because you put a bunch of uh, judges in there who give them excessive sentences and who don't see them as, you know, human beings. They're like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, we need some people to go to jail to work for seventeen cents an hour. We don't mind the taxpayers paying fifty thousand dollars a year for, you know, somebody to work for uh, Starbucks or Victoria's Secret or." You know
0: a bunch of the other corporations but, you
2: that use prison labor.
0: That the the other thing is that I'm glad you, you you touched on the point of sentencing because I saw on Attorney Ben Crump's Facebook page just to this week or even today um, uh, a, a comparison of the person who put who spilled millions of of uh, sewage and to make bad make bad water um in flint michigan got a 1 year jail sentence wow. and somebody who possessed marijuana who was black and male got a 25 year sentence wow. i mean <laughs> that's judges wow that is that's the judicial system you know uh and that's why it's so fundamentally important that we understand uh these judges and their sentencing records and you know um uh there's a, you know there's a question as to whether or not someone that has a 15-year term and does disparate sentencing you know it takes 15 years to get that person off the bench mm-hmm. that's a that's a problem, that's a problem. You, know, or, you know should the sentence should the terms be 15 years or or something shorter than that.
1: Well, if if there's something egregious that a judge does, what is the way to get them out of the bench? It's the Judicial it, Disabilities Commission, but those those commissions
0: are no more effective than the people that serve on them. <laughs> I mean, you know, because they can let a whole bunch of stuff slip and slide. You know, and if somebody has the guts to go full throttle on a on a case. Uh, uh, but you know, there is something that I do subscribe to. I do subscribe to uh, a newsletter that identifies judicial discipline actions all over the country from various uh, uh, jurisdictions and from various judges. And um, many times the trial judges are the ones that have a lot of complaints brought against them. Uh, because that is the most active court and they are oftentimes more interactive with uh, the public uh, with jury trials uh, you know uh, and a lot of them get slapped for their behavior on the bench you know they talk nasty rude to litigants uh, and often litigants complain of that uh, because uh, that that you know that is a, a major problem people you know, tax dollars are supporting these courts. Tax dollars are. And when we stay focused on that issue, that's why I have no problem in uh, applying for judicial vacancies uh, because I'm entitled to apply for these positions as a member of the bar who's been practicing law for more than five years, who's over the age of 35. And has, has a, you know, uh, all of those constitutional requirements are are what makes you eligible to, to appear on the ballot and to serve as a judge. So, you know, um, uh, it makes the, uh, the case more difficult as to why people are excluded uh, uh, when they try to shortlist only two or three or four people. And all of a sudden, the four people that you shortlist uh uh on the trial court judicial nominating commission situation just happens to be people who are of a specific race and sex um uh so that's 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 you know that's something that has to be uh questioned and the public has to be made fully aware of what's going on fully aware
2: yeah judge barber there's a question in the chat for you mhm uh, Holly wanted to know if you could explain the judicial selection
0: procedure. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a great question. Uh, the judicial selection uh, procedure is uh, outlined actually on on the court MarylandCourts.gov website, and um, uh, there are um, there's a district court there uh, is a circuit court, There, there is a Court of Special Appeals, and what recently passed is Maryland Supreme Court, but it, it was called the Court of Appeals of Maryland. So, judges are <coughs> uh, uh, generally in all of those specific state courts. Uh, number one, judges cannot serve past the age of 70, so they have to be less than 70 years old. But, The judges on the district court, on the circuit court, on the Court of Special Appeals, on the Court of Appeals, they are all appointed by the governor when when a vacancy exists. Uh, But under Governor um, Marvin Mandel's administration, he put together what's called an executive order, just like President Trump signed executive orders. He put together an executive order that has been the model for other uh, governors uh, that allows that sets up or establishes judicial nominating commissions in all of the counties uh, to allow uh, the governor to have picks on that 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 those judicial nominating commissions. And what those commissions do uh, if is they um, actually uh, interview the applicants and they shortlist uh, the applicants.
1: Based on whatever they say well before I mean, you before you continue even the short list how well I'm not going to talk about how did it get the list can is that list viewable for the public
0: y- well, yes, whenever a vacancy occurs that you know if you googled Maryland judicial vacancies, you would be uh, routed to a link of current judicial vacancies that have been publicized to the general public and it identifies, you know, what judge is stepping down or, or how the, how how the position became vacant. It could become vacant because of retirement. It could become vacant because uh, another vacancy uh, was created by statute, uh, but was allowed in the budget and created by statute. It could become uh, vacant because of death, because of, um, uh, someone stepping down for other reasons, uh, retiring early, before 70, etc. Uh, but but the name of that person appears and then it identifies the specific county uh, uh, that is uh, uh, at issue or the circuit in the, in the event it's um, uh, at the circuit level. Now the district court judges which is the small claims court and landlord tenant court, when those judges do not run in contested judicial elections, but trial court judges at the circuit court level, they do and can run in, you know, because every, you know, uh, um, vacancy and appointment that's filled may not result in a contested election. It's up to others to apply Uh, file a certificate of candidacy and run for a specific uh, seat on the circuit court in the county where that individual resides. So that's the reason why the trial court uh, has this issue with uh, contested judicial elections. Uh, But, um, you know, I, I don't agree that the Judicial Nominating Commission should have the final say on who your trial court judges are. You know, uh, because um, uh, in the case of Anne Arundel County, uh, for 368 years, they've never had a, an African-American female. Now they've already shown you who they are. The Judicial Nominating Commission has just practiced exclusion up and down. And there's no accountability for that at all. Uh, so when I ran in 2016 uh, for circuit court judge in Anne Arundel County, uh, I was faced with that uh, situation where uh, uh, many of us qualified, fully qualified, applied through the judicial nominating commission process, and they just disregarded us, and you know went uh, with. Uh, in the case in Anne Arundel County, that trial, that specific trial court, was a segregated trial court from 2000. all the way up to 2017. How can a court be segregated? How can a court be segregated? It's segregated because the Judicial Nominating Commission is getting by with practicing exclusion. That's why it's segregated. You know, uh, they bypass every single uh, opportunity to uh, allow uh, diversity on the bench, uh, uh, which is much needed. Uh, And just created a situation where um, uh, they were only shortlisting uh, whites only. And, you know, just in your face. Um, uh, A situation from 2005 all the way up to 2017. People had uh, to look at an all-white court. And they did this with no shame. No shame whatsoever. Uh, So... Um, you know, and and Anne Arundel County is not the only county where that that has happened. I'm sure there are other counties uh, in the state of Maryland. uh, Hell, across the United
1: States. yeah, sure all across the United States.
0: Right. And so when a situation like that arises, what are you going to do about it? You know, are you just going to let it sit? Are you just going to let the status quo stay the way it is? And they are glad when you don't, when you don't kick up a ruckus, they're happy when you don't say anything because they're fine with that. They benefit from that. Are you kidding me? It's their system. It's their way. You know, they decide on how they want the law interpreted. Uh, So uh, it is that concern. Do
1: you 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 remember the movie A Time to Kill with Samuel Jackson and um, Matthew McConaughey played the attorney, right? But there's a point... Where we have to understand that certain movies really say a lot of things. I'm not going to talk about the shooting. But when the judge asks Mr. Brigantz, Matthew McConaughey's character, to come to him, to talk to him, he says, you know, you're just going to plead him out, right? And he says, no. And he says, I think it would be beneficial for you if you do this. So my question is, does that... That must happen a lot with judges and attorneys. Is that something that is not right is the best word I can.
0: Yeah, I, I, I I would say, yes, you know, um, uh, I'm the type of person uh, because I have been through so much uh, through my candidacy to bring this, uh, to the forefront, and Marilyn Pierre has been through a lot herself, too, uh, but, um, you know, I'm candid about it. Yes, there are judges that engage in ex parte conversations uh, with uh, the decision-making authority, just like you saw in that movie. Yes, that happens, and I have heard it from other people who have witnessed the ex parte conversations, and uh, so, uh, that that is a serious uh a concern uh because number one that conversation that that judge had with um, uh, the lawyer uh should not have been out of the presence uh, 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 you know of the opposing counsel and to the extent that you know uh, you know that conversation occurred uh ethically is wrong but is it legally wrong i mean I th- it's and if you're applying the the professional rules of conduct and probably the code of of ethics for judges, yes, it's it's legally wrong because those are regulations.
1: But don't we go back to it's 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 code of conduct wrong? But the only person that could tell you how wrong it is is the judiciary committee who looks at it. And again, it's probably their friends, right?
0: Right and and see the see then then you've got to come you you've got to come to real, realize that uh you know the 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 like I said before uh the reason why um people should not uh assume that uh judges are always put into check uh based on the judicial disabilities commission because right. a lot of them still get by with that stuff and they get by with it because a nobody's Filed a complaint. B. They did file a complaint, and they dismissed the complaint. Or C. They took no action on the complaint because, uh, for various reasons, it could be that um, you know uh, that uh, you know the, the particular case uh, did not have clear and convincing evidence uh, to con- to to move it further along the path path. And in some instances, they have peer reviews. Uh, and peers will flesh out those cases. So that's why uh, it's fundamentally important that voters never, ever, ever forego or allow somebody to talk them into foregoing their rights to choose their trial court judges. That is just a serious voter suppression tactic. Uh, and it basically says
1: you don't know um uh, uh, what judge you need will do it for you. Okay, so you have a judge. You sit there. The, there's a peer review. The peers are against you. The judicial committee is friends with the peers that are against you. They can actually run a judge off the bench. They
0: could. They could. They've um, done that.
1: They have done that. They
0: have they done, done that. that. But most yes. of the time, the, 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 the case of removal is usually based on extreme circumstances, most of the time.
2: Yeah, most of the time it is, but sometimes they do for like of, hey, we don't like you. Like, for instance, uh, someone's daughter at the poll actually told my husband that, you know, even if I get voted in, they're going to kick me out. That's so what- it's, such, it's such a closed process that it is well i should say a judge's daughter told my husband at the polls uh last year that even if she gets in we're gonna kick her out anyway like it's her club and only members that she wants to be part of that club gets to be part of that club like we're in middle school something like that and we get to choose who gets to be in our club well see that's that's the whole
0: judicial nominating committee process it's a club (laughs) You know it's a it's a Mm -hmm. high elite club and 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 who gets to join it they you know they pick and choose Mm -hmm. who they want in their club and who they don't want in their club
2: and 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 to make it less personal well sorry to make it less personal to me there there have been some people who have done you know not so bad things who got kicked out because they were not members of that club even though they were judges and there have been some people who have done much worse things than those people who are who still remain on the bench because there were members of that club and i think that's what judge barber is talking about it shouldn't be who you know it should be what you did and what what the proper consequence of those actions were
0: but and he also says, on, judge, about you, the value that you bring to the bench. That should be the driving factor as to what constitutes a good judge versus a not so good judge. judge what value do you bring to the bench? Do you support equity equity sentencing, uh equal up, uh, access to justice, and equal justice under the law? Do you support that initiative?
1: Judge Friedman has a has a statement. Okay, first of all, there
3: is an element uh, of the appointment process in the federal courts, which apparently Maryland does not have. In the federal courts, there is a hearing before uh, I, the committee, a, a subcommittee of the Judiciary Committee of the U.S. Senate. Yes uh in which in which uh people can come in and say uh that this candidate, that this candidate uh participated in the KKK uh event twenty years ago. They, th- so far as I'm aware there is no such proce- there is no such process uh, in in, Mar- in the Maryland uh the, the appointment process in Maryland
0: well, there are some situations where ju- some judicial uh, uh positions are confirmed by the Maryland Senate, and they do have hearings in but, that but manner But even and and that but
3: so so far as I'm aware in the case of the district of the circuit court judges, there is no hearing at which members of the public mm-hmm. can can say uh that this this person uh, this person uh, has taken an extreme position on 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 uh, uh, the death penalty and so forth. And, and well, the there there
2: is, is but it's it's kind of different. Like for instance, the reason why only circuit court judges run in contested races in Maryland is because they're the only judges who are not confirmed by the confirmed by the Senate. The district court judges, the Court of Special Appeals and the Court of Appeals, whatever new names they are now, I guess I'm going to have to learn them. You know, they get confirmed, they get appointed and they get confirmed on, confirmed by the Senate. The Senate court judges it. do not. They just get appointed, which is why they have to run in contested elections. But in terms of the public having an ability to say, hey, we don't like this person, they could send a, a letter to... Uh, the administrative office of the courts. I, I just, I just put in in the chat the a website for pe- for the vacancies, as well as who has applied for the vacancies and who's what the deadlines are for certain vacancies and who is in the pool, meaning whose name is going forward. So if you know, Joe Public sees someone on that list and knows that this person. Does not have the character, the temperament, the qualifications, and so on and so forth to become a judge. Joe Public could say, "Hey, I am writing to the Administrative Office of the Courts that uh, to say that that letter becomes part of that person's file, so that even if the person were to go were to move forward, whoever looks at the who looks at the file, could then say, oh, okay, let's look into.'" the complaint that Joe Public had about this particular candidate to see if it, well, if it's something that we should be concerned about. And there have been certain situations. I'm thinking about, oh, gosh, I, I know his, his his name is Beauregard. I, I always remember that name because I, I always think of, um, oh, gosh, what's that show? Uh, uh, what is that show, The Four Women in Florida, The Older Women? Thank you for being
1: a friend. Oh, yeah. Um... Golden
2: Girls. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, I always think of of his name because uh, one of their boyfriends was Beauregard, and she always loved to talk about Beauregard. But anyway, I I digress. This uh, this judge recently, whose name is Beauregard, I'll, I'll look it up for you as soon as I'm done. Uh, he was a state's attorney and. Uh, some county in southern Maryland. The black police officers brought a discrimination case against him because the black police officers said that he was discriminating against them because they were blacks. and And I thought that this was a really interesting case because the. You know, usually it's the defendants who are saying, "Hey, by the way, you know, if this person is racist." Instead, it's the black police officers who are supposed to be helping the prosecutor. Uh, well, they're supposed to work. They're supposed to help each other out to get the, to get the defendants convicted. And the black police officers were like, "We just, we just want you to know that this person is racist." Now, he ended up being appointed to the circuit court by Governor Hogan. And he ran uncontested, so he is now a judge. But fifteen those, years, yeah, for 15, well, fifteen years, years. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but uh, will that's the sort of thing that could happen? I'm not saying that he's going to stop. Well, stop the wheels from turning, as we could see from uh, from uh, Kavanaugh as well as Clarence uh, Thomas's. Uh, Senate hearings that just because it's controversial, just because people are upset over what you may or may not have done, <laughs> doesn't mean that, you know, and it might slow down your nomination, but once it seems like once these things get started, it's really, really hard to. Did you,
1: did, did you guys ever read the story of, you know, because Biden was on that committee, the Senate committee, mm-hmm. when yep. Clarence Thomas was being, and he Remember. had he Remember. had the power to vote re, no, vote no, and he didn't.
2: Well, he had the power to treat Anita Hill with dignity and respect, and he didn't even do that, which is why um, when he was running for for um, for for the well, when he first started running, he said that he went and he apologized to her for his behavior. Oh, I Anita don't care. Said no, you talk to me, but you never apologized. And I thought that was well, I
0: thought that said a lot about Biden. Well, you know, <laughs> now history uh uh I think that uh President Biden stands in the moment right now to change history and to right wrongs. Um uh if he if he really wanted to, he could nominate Anita Hill to the Supreme Court. Wouldn't the, that oh be gosh, wouldn't so, that, so, that be something? And I yep, could care okay. less that Clarence Thomas is there, you know, because that should not be the reason why somebody uh, can't apply for a job.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You know, Lynn, so, Lynn said
2: she got in just at the right moment. Because, she got yeah, there that, just that, like that you
0: got there. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. called equal justice. That
1: would be more. something, you
0: know. But uh, I digress. <laughs> oh, no, no.
2: I, I think that's a really, really good point because... You know, we hear things like, "Well, you know, we have to try somebody middle of the road because otherwise, you know, the other side won't agree with us." And I, I think because we talk about these issues, people are are starting to learn their importance. For instance, I know Emily's list has been in a tizzy for the past couple of days because they're like, "Oh my God, the Supreme Court wants to hear of, um, an abortion case,"
1: yeah. and with
2: the six to three conservative majority, they're really concerned about, overweight and what that's going to mean in terms of, you know, uh, in, in terms of reproductive rights. And I, I, you know, I myself have always thought that no matter how you feel about reproductive rights and whether, you know, uh, life begins at conception and all that kind of stuff, you have to think about what it means to women who are right here for instance when i heard that law that was passed in alabama i was like oh my god you know, because it leaves women open to rape and other things. because if i'm a man and i want to have a child you know i just choose what woman i want to have the child with rape her and then she can't have an abortion and and there's no law saying that i can't have custody so how does that protect the, the woman. woman who is alive you know it's it, yeah it's amazing to me the short-sightedness that some people are, are thinking in terms of oh yes we want to protect human life yes i think everybody wants to protect human life but you just have to say to yourself well how do we protect all lives because all lives matter it's not just the babies right that matters it, it's also you know it, it, and it's a why it's also the woman's life because if the woman is going to be pregnant and that has happened there have been many bills in um in Maryland to keep uh men who have raped women who then result in the woman getting pregnant to keep those men from getting custody of the children well you know so there needs to be some protection for and women, <laughs>
0: and I well, yeah, any of those of those so-called laws. I, I believe that in either this legislative session or the last legislative session, uh, there were a bills introduced that makes it a, a, a crime for a police officer to uh, rape. Uh, as a, someone who's been arrested and in custody, I'm
1: confused.
0: I, you know, am <laughs> <I'm> confused <laughs> totally as to why you need that law. wait as like, like wait a minute!
1: Need we you know, need to make law. this legal.
0: What? <laughs> so it's
2: that's so great. Al, can that I th- This has a question about that. Well, I'm like, well, so so that implies that it's already legal. That's why you need like, a law. Yeah. It, um, <laughs>
1: That's when it applies. I understand something. Gotta
0: fix that. Oh, please! <laughs> you see how crooked that just is. That's just a crooked system, you know, to to allow an a law enforcement officer to get by with raping uh, someone in custody, and you need a law to to establish the fact that that's a crime. No, that's just so yeah. backwards.
2: I. I don't know, but Minkum had
4: a question. Did, is yeah. Still,
2: oh, no. He's, yeah. I'm right? there. I can see. Oh, I see you now. Okay. Sorry. You have your hand raised. No, Go thank ahead. you
4: very much. Thank you very much. And uh, judge, I can't agree with you more on this. Okay. And uh, I, when I got assaulted in my own house, I first called the police to file a charge against the police <laughs> because I got assaulted, right? <laughs> Lawfully, if you get assaulted in your house, what do you do? You call police, right? Mm-hmm. So I call 911 and I called they, they said that go to the local police station. I call local police station. They will not take Then I wanted to talk to a surgeon. So the surgeon recorded all the conversation. Okay. And I didn't know that he was recording, but what he did was he did it with his body camera. He never said that to me, first of all. And he recorded everything and he said he's not going to arrest a police officer. Okay. Now I know there is no law that Says that if somebody get assaulted and somebody calling you for it, you don't take action because they are police officers. I went to the commissioner, district court commissioner. I I was doing the charges. Then I wrote the truth. I wrote those officers who assaulted me was police officers. When the commissioner saw those as police officers,
1: they didn't file the charges. So, uh, so Marilyn, I got a question. They put it to the state attorney's office. Thank so, you. so the question is, he, and Mitchum brings up a good point. What if they go into a house with a warrant that they have for a particular person they believe is at this particular house. They rough them up until they find out by the time they get into the car or back to the police station with an ID check, it's not even the right person. What happens then? Oh. Well, I mean, just like anybody
2: could make up. A- Oh, did you say they rough him up? Of course. Well, yeah, because
1: they, they they take him down, they handcuff them, they really, yeah. you know, they it, it's if it, this is a whole thing. They tear up the house. They bring him down to the police station. They're like, oh, this is not even the right guy. What happens? Well,
2: first of all, <laughs> I'm thinking whether you have the right guy or not. there's no reason to you know mess up the house and do all that kind of stuff unnecessarily and sometimes it just seems like when you, when you look at the wreckage it just seems like unnecessary and second of all if they have the wrong person they have the wrong person everybody could make a mistake and uh, and hopefully nobody dies and that that' happens re- uh, well I shouldn't say regular that has happened where they have had the wrong address the wrong or they go into or they have the right address but they went going to the wrong, Uh, wrong place yeah so unfortunately that happened
1: is there repercussions is there i mean a sorry is not going to do it but
2: Uh, well Well, you know that sorry is what what happens in that situation (laughs) i i think nowadays more and more people are being held accountable like for instance the two uh brothers who were recently exonerated were I'm sorry. Were they exonerated, or were just were they just released from jail? It, they were found not to have uh, committed the murder that they were found guilty of, Wrongly and so they, they left jail. But the prosecutor who prosecuted them has lost his license because uh, he lied, and that's what well, he lied, and that is one of the reasons why these men were convicted. And so now there's going to be, people are looking at the consequences and saying, hey, you can't, you as a prosecutor cannot lie just because you want somebody in jail. Because this is what happens. You end up having people who are innocent. And, and Lord, there's a difference between not guilty and innocent. You know, not guilty means that you were not found guilty of what you were accused of. You know, innocent means that you did not do the act at all. Like for instance, you could be not guilty because of a of a technical error, right. or because the state just couldn't prove your guilt because they, you know, that yeah, yeah, George exactly. Zimmerman. George Zimmerman is is not guilty, as opposed to those two brothers who were actually innocent because they did not do whatever it is that they were accused of doing. Miss
4: Neverland.
2: Uh, yes, Mr. Meek. Mr. Okay. Bonacci, sorry. Oh, okay. no
4: problem. <laughs> uh, can, I, can I just respond to Dr. Dyer? Yeah, sure. Okay, Dr. Dyer, I want to tell you my story. The officers didn't have a warrant, okay? They assaulted me, entered in my house, and when I asked them to leave my property, they put their feet on my door so that I cannot close my door. Mm-hmm. And they forcefully come inside and try to drag me from, what you call, her, Try to choke my t-shirts, collar, the same thing like what happened in New York, and try to pull me outside from my own house. And then my wife came from the top floor, then they saw my wife, and they, they said, oh, now they are holding my hand saying that you are detained. I said, I am detained in my own house. They said, yes. And I said, you came inside my house without a warrant, and I didn't give you any permission. They said, because he thinks I was escaping from my own house. I said, I am escaping from my own house. Mm. And the officer said yes. And I did file a complaint to a criminal charge against them. Went to the district court commissioner. I, As I said before, I went to the police station. No, not to, when I filed a complaint uh, on the phone to the police station. They denied to file charges against the police officers. Went to the district court commissioner. Mm-hmm. They denied to file charges, but they referred that to the State Attorney's office. State Attorney's office didn't even interview, didn't even talk to me, didn't even see the evidences. They denied to prosecute. Then I filed a complaint to the Internal Affairs Department of Internal Affairs. They have I didn't. They have had a detective who was very nice, the first one. Then they changed the second detective who said ninety percent police shootings are justified. And I asked them, where did you get that uh, data? And then the assistant director of the department said to me that there is no data that was totally wrong. Then I request for recusal of this detective, the second detective who was assigned, and the first detective was removed, uh, to have that either first detective or somebody else. Because this is totally, to my understanding, is biased in favor of police when somebody already have 90% of says that, okay, it's justified police shooting. So this is Montgomery the, County? Yes, Montgomery County, yes. And the director said, the deputy director said she will be recommending, because deputy director was a person of color. She was a lady. Initially, when she called me, she said that she was not in favor, but after talking to me, I was able to convince her with my logical interpretation and legal interpretation, and I gave her the example of the Attorney General uh, under Mr. Trump. Who recused himself from the Russia probe? I gave that same uh, same example. So, assistant, the deputy director acknowledged me and said that he's going to just run it through the director, and hopefully the director will acknowledge. But that director he, didn't acknowledge. that, "Oh, he's going to stay."
1: Here's a question I have for and all then, the. Here's a question yeah. I have for all the attorneys. When something happens that you disagree with, or something happens that isn't fair. There is a lot of money to go into to pay an attorney to fight this issue with the city and or state or whatever county. It's literally unimaginable of the price to pay. But yet, it, there's still a wrong and there's no one to hold anyone accountable because they we don't have the money to do it. So... That's like, I think
0: that's part of the caste system. That's the only way gotcha. I can describe this. Uh it's it's a system that doesn't work for us. You know, uh to and what I mean by that is that you know, if an injustice is committed, uh you know, in in the situation of uh uh, Methune, uh by by law enforcement. Uh one of the things that uh, uh has is happening right now is the George Floyd Policing Act uh, that, is fe- that, is, that is trying to become <laughs> federal law if it gets through the legislature. Uh, because it is supposed to reevaluate this whole concept of qualified immunity for law enforcement, which is what really is at the heart or the root of the problem uh, involving um, Methune's, uh, M- Mr. Methune's incident. Uh, Because you have this type of qualified immunity, you know, they, they, you know, they shuck their, you know, they, um, you you know, they could care less if um, uh, uh, police are held accountable for uh, making an arrest, uh, even if the charges are, 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 are dropped. Uh, uh, and we see a lot of that. The, the The thing that nowadays is that we're seeing so much because uh, uh, oftentimes, and I really genuinely believe this, unfortunately, if there were no cameras that were shown to the whole world on the George Floyd and even the Ahmad Arbery case down in uh, Georgia, that, you know, those, those uh, would have still been out of jail. Absolutely. Uh, they, would have, they would have pushed that thing under the rug. Absolutely. They already had the prosecutors uh, uh, gr- agreeing with them on their version of the story. Yep. And his murder would have never, never. ever surfaced as never. wrongdoing if it, if it had not been for cameras that showed... Uh, everything that, you know, for what part we do know as to how that story went down. Mm
4: -hmm. You're absolutely right. If I can just finish my 30 seconds, if I may request additional, just to complete that, what happened was internal affairs wanted to interview us and they will not give us any copy of their records or something. And we felt very uncomfortable. So we said them, let's have everything by email. They will not listen. So we didn't go through them. So they did their own investigation. They found the officers at fault. Okay, the resolution for an assault was counseling inside my own house. So internal affairs found those officers guilty, but counseling was their outcome of it. And And also stated in his office, initially I didn't have the body camera. They told me in email saying that I was not assaulted. But when I got the subpoena with the body camera, because that also record de- department of Montgomery County denied to provide, then I told them that you will be contempt of court if you don't give it to me, you have a, a subpoena. Then they released that. And in that video, I was assaulted, it was there. And one of the surgeon even switched off his body camera, Montgomery County, that is also there.
0: So now here's as- something. here's something and- you should know about body cameras. The public has a right Uh, To be involved uh, when uh, body camera uh, uh, policies are established uh, in police jurisdictions, Um, you know, especially when they're being instituted, we should be able to we we should speak up and 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 weigh in and say whenever an officer shuts it off, then that's grounds for discipline. You know, it could be up to termination, especially if there's a fatality. We don't want to hear your version and somebody died. We want to hear the whole body camera, how this went down. You no, know, so it's
4: accountability. Or start, or, or start having you're your
1: that. own body camera. Which is sad. That you got to have your own body camera.
4: No, and you are absolutely right. And after that, state attorney came back to me and said, oh, he touched you, but it was not an assault because he didn't put you in the ground, kick you, or punch you. And that's what state attorney's office. So they contradicting their own statement being an attorney. I am so surprised. But anyway, that's my, I just wanted to let you know. So just to answer to Dr. Dyer, without even a warrant, without having a legal reason for coming inside my house, I was not a felon, no legal jurisdiction. They found the officers at fault. And they gave me a letter, both officers at fault. But what their resolution? Counseling of an assault in my own house. That is Montgomery County Merit. Thank you.
1: They're about ready to talk about putting more judges on the Supreme Court. I know this is controversial because it's not so much how many judges should be on the Supreme Court, but it still always will be the type of judges we put on the Supreme Court. What number do you guys think that the Supreme Court can go up to that just makes that just makes sense because well, we've we've've
2: well, personally, I, I think that's just a waste of time yep. with that argument? Uh, not only that, but I think the Supreme court, court gets so much attention that it blocks out so much the, of the, the lower so courts. much of everything else that's being done.: Yes, the Supreme Court is really important. I understand that, and yes, it should get some attention, but so much is not getting the air that it needs because oh my gosh what is this what are these nine people on the bench going to do and and i always find it really interesting how they're supposed to be impartial but <laughs> we already know what the decision is going to be and who's going to vote which way by the time we get that well, but,
0: well, but oh yeah i, I just question. i just wanted to briefly share that um, when it comes to increasing this the U.S. Supreme Court's the number of, of justices on the United States Supreme Court. See, I I'm I'm all in, focused on that righting a wrong. You know, those appointments under the Trump administration, especially of uh, of uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement, um, well, uh, right in the middle of a of, of an election uh you know Mitch McConnell totally contradicting himself as as to why he held on to Merrick Garland's uh nomination and 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 wouldn't put it give it to, you know send it to the committee for and then to the floor for a vote uh you know all of that the, all of that uh uh behavior uh was you know an ill conceived uh uh, 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 plot, mm-hmm. uh, to change the trajectory of the court. And that, ha- that, you know, that could have major consequences for cases that come, uh, to that court, uh, uh, because these type of, of, uh, situations happen. Uh, and it, and it, you know, so, you know, from, from my perspective, you need more Brian Stevenson's. Uh, who, who wrote the you know brian stevenson the one that wrote the book yeah. just mercy yeah. and the one who is, is in charge of the equal justice initiative you need a hundred of him on the bench yeah. you know but, people but, like okay, him but, but,
2: yeah yeah but my i agree with that oh my gosh we need a thousand of him but my issue with the with the with so many discussions about the supreme court and how many people should be on that. there is that while we're having those discussions, they're putting in hundreds
1: of the lower of federal courts judges yeah.
2: at the lower level. That's and right. so many of those cases are not get going to get to the Supreme Court and it's going to be those lower level judges who are who are you know, who are presiding over them. So I, I think that we should have a more balanced approach to hey Yes, the Supreme Court is important. Let's talk about that. But I also want to talk about all those hundreds and hundreds of judges who uh-huh. get appointed on the lower court levels and uh, and on the state levels as well. Bill wants to say something.
3: Okay. So, um, threatening to pack the court also changes the behavior of the Supreme Court justices.
1: It sure does.
0: Huh? Tell us more. That's exactly right. That, that, that happened
3: in 1936. It did. Say, uh, and there is no reason to believe it won't. Ha- it, it it could not happen e- again. That the, the mere threats will push the uh, by a by a, a quote leftist unquote president will push the court to the left. What happened in 1936? Do uh, uh, was... Roosevelt threatened to pack the court? Okay. They and and the uh, the judges uh, the justices of the Supreme Court who were uh, who, uh, who were uh, until Roosevelt uh, unwilling unwilling to let, uh, for example, Fair Labor Standards Act, uh, 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 all all of the all of the programs of of, of the Roosevelt administration. They uh, would. Uh, by the old Supreme Court the, the the old Supreme Court would say would have said they were unconstitutional. And then then all of, then then uh <clears throat> Roosevelt threatens to pack the court. There's a great hue and cry. See people say that's terrible, that's terrible. See and suddenly and suddenly the, the uh Sweet. uh the court starts allowing the, the, the uh legislation of, of uh the Roosevelt legislation, uh, uh,
2: the court says that it's okay. I'm not Hi. sure this would happen nowadays. The reason why I say that is because back then you didn't have the idealists that you have now, and you didn't have the idealists with the platforms that we have now. Because I'm I'm, I'm looking at what's going on because Holly's not disagreeing with me. He's not agreeing with me, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at what's going on now in terms of our former president who left, you know, the White House. But he has so much control over the people who are still in there that I, I think that's a huge issue. For instance, I could not imagine a day where, you know, Len Cheney was going to be kicked out of her of her leadership position. They took because that fast. She said. But yet, here she was, and she was kicked out for somebody who is, you know, less conservative than she is. So they're willing to make these sorts, sorts of exchanges to keep people in line. And yes, I understand that, you know, the Supreme Court justices have lifetime appointments and they're not supposed to be ideolog- ideologues, yeah, ideologues, but Still, I'm thinking it's a little bit different from 1936, where you know the justices could just walk down the street and nobody would know who they were.
0: Well, the thing about um, uh, the uh, the composition of the U.S. Supreme Court um, uh, in this day and age is the fact that right now it looks like an ideal law court you know, I, there's there's no other way you can say it. You know, you just have bu- a bunch of ideologues on the, on the bench. And um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she's gone. Their good marshal is gone. They're, they are there no more. Their voice is not there. Their opinion writing is not there. And there's a void because mm. they are not there. Uh, but uh, how uh, those positions were filled is in everybody's mind they know they know The you know they know of of the inconsistencies and 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 how you know they jump they just bum rushed and the nomination through um and and rob merrick garland of uh, his opportunity to be a supreme court they know that we, we have I a really question
1: we, the, the question we have is um we didn't always have nine su- supreme court justices do you recall the development of the numbers? I believe it was five, wasn't it five?
2: Yeah, well, do you remember uh, that? What? I asked the question, and I don't specifically remember the development, but it seems to me that over time, as the as the nation grew, grew in size right. and population numbers, the number of Supreme Court justices similarly rose because it's not it's not mandated that we only have nine just we have right. a certain number of justices it's it's a flexible number right so i don't think there's anything holding the president back and, and congress back from making more maybe 11 judges justices and i mean I, I i i can certainly see if the if the shoe were on the other foot that the republicans wouldn't wouldn't um
0: hesitate to do the mm-hmm. same the um, better for
1: worse. But. well we're going to have a heart break I'd like to thank everyone for joining You Be The Judge we have an hour long show every Wednesday at 6pm it goes by really fast love to see everyone here next Wednesday at 6pm we have a guest right next week ladies right
2: uh, we don't have a guest for, that's been confirmed for next week yet. We have a guest on June 2nd. I cannot tell you who it is yet. Uh, she's going to be announcing her candidacy for uh, uh, for Montgomery County Council. Council. And then, no, that's June 2nd. And then on June 16th, drum roll, oh, we're going to have the Montgomery County Executive Mark Elrich as our guest. And so we're hoping that everybody will join us every Wednesday, but especially on the 16th because we want to ask Mark a bunch of questions about, you know, his candidacy and the way that uh, the county is being run and things of that sort. So please join us. Thank you very much. We really appreciate your input. I, I think it's a great conversation and I could keep going all day, but, Dr. Dyer has things to do. <laughs> There's
0: so much to say. Yes. So much Thank say. you, Doctor Dyer, for allowing us to
1: be a part of this. Oh, this is great. I love it. And everyone have a great night. Remember you can listen, always re listen to the show on the YouTube channel, iHeart, or Apple iTunes. Just put in Bridges Live and put in the number. You'll it'll pop right up and you can just replay all your favorite you be the judge shows.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye everyone. Have a great evening.